Coming Up is a podcast brought to you by the dedicated and diverse volunteers at 3CR. Just a quick message before you get there. For the month of June, we're asking listeners to donate to the station to help us keep going. In 2023, we're asking our community to stay tuned, stay radical. We rely on the generous donations of community to survive. Go to 3cr.org.au slash donate and show your support for community-owned and community-run media. Thanks for your support and happy listening. in coach we're ready to play it's about four o'clock on a beautiful thursday afternoon here at 855 am 3cr we're in we're ready to go it's been a big week of sport we've got m collard in the studio how are we going m g'day g'day very well how are you jimmy uh we're going well john tate isn't out today he's on the high seas of the indian ocean he is indeed lucky boy in his retirement in his retirement he uh informed us he had eggs benedict for breakfast this morning so living large he's living large he's having a good time he's probably reading a couple books he'll be tuning in from the high seas thanks to digital radio how good's that how good is it hey john a Good on you, John A. Shout out to you, mate. (laughs) So we've got a few topics today. We've got a fair bit of football. We have a lot of football. Yes, we do. And uh, what type of it of football are you referring to? Well, we've got a lot of news. Uh, Probably the big story going around at the moment is this relatively unknown club uh, before a couple years ago, Wrexham Wrexham Football Club. AFC. Where the bloody hell is Wrexham, Em? Oh, that's a great question. It's, in fact, in North Wales. It's a Welsh club, is it? It's a Welsh... <laughs> indeed. I, don't, I can't do a Welsh accent. No, we won't, yes. we won't do that. But. No. <laughs> so um, it the, is indeed. Wrexham's blown up recently because it was purchased by two big hitters, one of which is Hollywood star Ryan Reynolds. The, the one and only. The one and only. People love him. Yeah, I'm a bit so-so on him, but he's invested in this football club. He bought it with some other fella. Rob McElhaney. Rob Mm-hmm. Rob's not a Hollywood star, is he? He is. He, he was is? in. Um, uh, he's from Philly, and he was in that show. It's always sunny in, in Philadelphia, right? And so on the uh, away strip or the class strip for Wrexham, they've got it's in the Philly Eagles colours, uh. and also it's got it's always sunny in at the top of their jumper, right? Yeah. So the reason we're talking about Wrexham is because these two big heavy hitters bought the club. Not too long ago. Mm. And the club is seeing immediate success. And it's rising through the ranks of English football like no one's business. Mm. To the point where Wrexham could become a potential force in international football. Can yeah. Can you believe it? And I honestly cannot. I, you cannot. Especially, in, so they were in the National League um, the last 15 years. They got relegated to the National League, which means... The salaries, everything, there's really not much money in it compared to the upper leagues. For a proud football club, it's quite shameful to be relegated. Absolutely. It, it, it just, it's an entire blight on your club, what it does, how good it is. You know, it's just... Yeah. Ugh. 
especially in smaller towns as well where kind of that's the heart of the the club is the heart of the town mm. and the culture it's a big it's a big deal mm. and it's hard to get back into the into the upper leagues where you start to get TV sponsorship money come in there's just a lot of things that come with it that inherently mean that it life is easier as a football club um and so they've been bopping about in the National League for the last, last 15 years, they almost folded, had some terrible ownership in the past, which meant they almost sold the, it's called the Race Course Stadium, their the home ground. Oh, yeah. Um, oldest international football venue in the world. Wow. Um, and they almost sold it because of some poor ownership of the club. And they've re- the, the town... Like they really came together to raise the funds to keep it going. So it's really been on the brink. And then, yeah, these two fellas have come in. They didn't make, uh, they didn't get promoted the first year or two that they owned the club, which was people like, oh, maybe this is bad, you know. Is this a poor investment? But they've done it. They've won the league. Well, they're pumping money into the club because mm-hmm. they got money to pump into the club. Mm-hmm. And as it goes in a lot of sport, especially a sport like football, which is soccer, soccer in England and in, in Europe, money talks. The clubs with the most money generally do really well. They can get better players. They get better facilities and off you go. These two heavy hitters have come in, pumped money into the club. They're seeing success. Mm. Now, a lot of this is also blowing up because it's been covered on a TV show. Yes. It's quite popular. It's called Welcome to Wrexham, which I guess details the entire journey of, you know, Ryan and Rob coming in, buying the club. Mm. And there is breaking news. Oh, here we go. Part of the presses. Not quite exclusive to 3CR, but oh. we'll, we'll take it. We'll take Almost. it here on the sporting record. Football legend Gareth Bale oh, yeah. is potentially coming out of retirement to play for Wrexham. Oh, that is hot off the presses. That's hot off the presses. That's, that's spicy news. So Gareth Bale is one of the greatest footballers to ever play the game. Yeah. He's Welsh, which yeah. is quite strange for an incredible footballer to be from Wales. Mm-hmm. They don't have an incredible soccer heritage there, but he blew it apart. He played for um, he played for Tottenham. He played for Real Madrid, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, the biggest clubs in the world. And there's potential that he'll come out and play for Wrexham, a, a little Welsh club. That is huge. Which is quite a feel-good story. That'd be quite nice. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to see. I've, I watched Welcome to Wrexham. It's a good doc to watch because it, it doesn't just talk about... It, it's great because it's not purely about Rob and Ryan. It's, they really try and get a lot of the, um, you know, townspeople, I guess, involved, mm. in, involved in it. They talk about Wales a lot. They're really trying to make sure it's not just focused on these two guys. It's about, mm. well, we're bringing you, but we're going to... Now that we're here, we're bringing to attention all the people around the club, all the volunteers, um, you know, all the people that make it who it is. Mm. Here's also information on Wales that you probably don't know about, which I thought was really good. That's nice. Yeah, because that's mm. – and that's, I think, the power of any good advocate is mm. the ability to maybe get a platform and bring people in and then hand that, you know, speaking moment over to the people who are best to speak on it, the people, lived experience or whatever it might be. Yeah. It goes for anything. Elevate the community, elevate the important people Absolutely. in the culture. Yeah. That's I great. Think, I think they did a pretty good job with that in the On doc. the surface level, you worry when two rich fellas come in, you know, and say, hey, we're buying this club, you're going to do it our way. Ooh. Yeah. But it seems like they're, they're, they're sacrificing their own 
egoic intentions and putting the people of the club first, which sounds really, really good. Yeah, rare, but good. Rare, but good, especially in a capitalist hellscape game like soccer. <laughs> and just life as we know it. The and life as we know it. <laughs> now, there's more football news. Oh, here we go. I'd like to ask you about this. Oh, yes, please so, do. So, according to my sources... The first all-trans mask side makes football history. What's this headline yeah, about? Yeah, this is an interesting headline. So back on the 31st of March of this year, um, which is International uh, Transgender, Transgender Day of Visibility, um, a team debuted in England, Durham, I think, um, which was entirely comprised of uh, trans mask and trans... Um, men, people, wow. against a full cis men team. And that's the first time that's ever happened. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah. And so they um, debuted. I think they got beaten, but I think it was also a lot of people, they kind of brought everyone together on the day. So mm. they weren't like a well-established team. It was just this is the team on the day. And, yeah, how to crack. And the first time that's ever happened in football is a, t- a team comp- entirely comprised of trans masks people and trans men against a cis male team, which is pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible. And the courage of these players to do that too, you know. Absolutely. In the current environment and Mm. for trans athletes at the moment, um, definitely a very brave thing to do, but also just very, I think it's a great example of the things we need, which is just more people being joyful in in who they are and being reminded that that's possible, Mm. which is really... Really lovely. That is fantastic. Yeah. And if um, if anyone listening at home is on social media or anything, just go, have a, go have a Google, have a look. Some of the photos that come out of the day are very beautiful. They just, yeah. there's so much joy on everyone's faces and it's so nice. And they played to a crowd of 500, I think, which is pretty decent for, a, you know, a local soccer mm. match. Um, I think terrible weather because classic. England vibes. Yeah, yeah. Look, you got to. You play in England. You yeah, gotta, you, you got to take. You got to take that. You just got to accept it. It's not going to be a good time, especially in the March. But yeah, really beautiful scene. So if you've um, got Instagram, or just have a Google and have a look at those piggies. They're really lovely. That's really the power beautiful. of sport, especially local sport. Mm. You know, it gets pretty political the the more professional it gets, but local sport in particular. You can, uh, amazing things can happen. How people can come together in an arena of Mm. some setting and just have fun together. Yeah. There's something about sport that that can do that, that other things can't. I've I've just, well, both of us have actually just got involved in pub footy. We have. In pub footy. So going back to AFL, uh, Australian rules football now, this is a good local sport that's going on. Mm. And pub footy is basically social football. So like there's social netball where you play netball and it's competitive, but not really competitive. It's social in nature. Yeah. Pub footy is this in, in inner city Melbourne, where each club, it's called pub footy because each club is associated with a pub. Pub clubs. Pub clubs. So I play for the Le Monde Hotel Barracudas. And who do you play for, Em? I pl- play for the East Brunswick Eye Gouges. Oh, the Out the gouge. Can the gouge. <laughs> Can the cooters. And probably I've played... Pretty competitive football my whole life up until this point. Mm. And pretty toxic environment on and off, right? And, you know, it's it's the classic, I love football, 
but I don't necessarily feel comfortable and welcome in this environment mm. where you play football, you know. And since joining pub footy, it's mixed, you know, so anyone of any 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 gender can play. It's all together. There are rules to so the players feel comfortable. I think the rules are good the rules for are safety, good. Yeah. actually, and it mean it does mean that everyone gets a go mm. and everyone is kept safe, which mm. I think is I think they've done quite well with it. It's tri- it's a tricky space to navigate. Yeah. Culture-wise, everyone's so nice. Yeah. You know, you can roost the footy 60 metres if you want, but, you know, you're just out there having a run. Yeah. We had a scratch match on the weekend, the Barracudas. Oh, the Cooters. And we, it was the first time in quite a long time that I've woken up on a Saturday morning, you know, full stop, <laughs> but also first thing, get out of the house and just go to a park and have a run around. And you forget how wonderful a thing that is just for yourself, you know, your mm. mental health and just getting out of the house and doing that. It was wonderful. And everyone's so nice. Yeah. What do you think about, um, cause it is competitive to an extent, like mm. everyone wants to win. But the Barracudas are the team to beat. Oh, and really? does not like the Barracudas cause they always win. So Interesting. Just, uh, just hey Jimmy, what position will you play? I think they want me to play ruck. Oh, okay. Because I'm a big boy. Yeah. I'm a big boy. And I've played ruck my whole career. Yeah. I'm 6'3", so, you know, yeah. it's, it's my craft that people are very impressed with. The, the craft. craft. The ruck craft. The, the, the craft, yes. I was just thinking if you were off in the uh, the forward line, you might have me to deal with whenever we play each other. Yes, because you're an incredible defender. Now, <laughs> the just one little thing is the forward line is where the big dogs play. And in in pub footy, the big dogs is the legends, you know, the local cultural legends, people who've been there forever. You know, you've been there a while, you play forward line. Oh, you're new to the club? Just play another position, you know. So one day I'll crack into that forward line and roost a couple. Mm. But, you know. So local footy, how good? Local footy. Yeah, well, um, what do you think about it makes it so much more welcoming? Like, what aspect of it, even though it is competitive... Comparatively to the footy that you've played, like what what is there a single aspect or two that you think can create such a different culture between that and it being welcoming and you feel safe being there compared to a very toxic competitive environment elsewhere? Yeah, it's a good question. And I have to say with the caveat that I've never played rural football, so country footy, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, the lifeblood of many of these rural towns. Yep. And you get an incredible sense of community there. You know, um, a lot of people I know play country footy and it's wonderful. So I've never played there. I played for a lot of inner city clubs that really, the value systems are aligned with success. Yeah. So I won't name them, but, you know, you join this club and they want to win and they spend a lot of money, a lot of effort on winning. And it's local football, but they take this so seriously. Mm. So I think I think the value systems of what you're there for, you know, as simple as that sounds from my perspective, you know, there are the the lower, you know, the the thirds teams that are mm. generally just people out there having a bit of fun. But I think I think the inclusion as a primary value in pub footy, from what I gather at this moment, I've only been there a couple months, but you know, inclusion. Yep. Everyone gets a go. Yep. We have rules to protect people, you know, female identifying players get yeah. to play in the center first off, and then everyone else is not allowed in the center circle when they're going at it, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a good rule. Yeah, first, was it first and third quarters, no cis men in the 
in the yeah. contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. Let, I, let everyone have a go. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Yeah. I'm someone who gets white line fever. You know, yeah. white line fever, you know, I get angry. Yeah. I get competitive. But in this environment, it doesn't happen. Mm. Or at least it hasn't happened at this point. Yeah. You know, I'm just out there having a bit of a ball comes, I'm getting it. But, yeah. you know, it's good. Yeah. Interestingly, because I think I'm enjoying it because it has allowed me the space to kind of have a bit of white line fever and not feel bad because yeah. the people that I was playing up against, matching up against were these like, you know, cis men who mm. don't mind taking a hit. So I was like, oh, great. Well, here you go. Here's mm. a nice hip and shoulder for you. It was quite enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you literally pick on someone your own size. Yeah. You know, someone my size, I'm going to line them up. <laughs> yeah. You know, in a safe way. Yep. It comes to this duty duty of care aspect as well. Yes. Yeah, and the AFL is struggling with this at this point with the dangerous tackle thing. Absolutely. They're trying to stamp dangerous tackles out of the game. The big sling tackles where the, the player's head hits the ground and they can't protect themselves, they get concussed. Trying to stamp that out. And in, in a place like pub footy, duty of care is really front and centre as well. Yep. You can, you can tackle people who are smaller than you, who, who, who might be a bit more vulnerable. But you don't dump them. You just you just you just hold them up. Just wrap them up. Wrap them up. You know, and if and if you do something dangerous, mate, get out. Yeah, <laughs> it's know, not the space. This for This is you. not the space for it. Yeah, go think about what you've done and come back. We're about having a good time here. I love it. So we'll Beautiful. keep we'll keep listeners tuned on our foray into pub footy. But it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. We'll jump to a few announcements now, and when we come back, a bit more football. You reckon? I reckon. Let's do it. Let's do it. Things need topping up every now and then. More tea, auntie. Thanks, bub. Including your COVID protection. If you're an adult and it's been six months since you caught COVID or had a COVID jab, you can now top up with a free COVID-19 booster. It helps keep you and your mob protected from serious illness from COVID-19. So talk to your doctor or health worker about a free COVID-19 booster or visit health.gov.au forward slash top up to find out more. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children aged three and four can access 15 hours per week of free kindergarten. In a kinder program, children learn through play, art, music and dance. Qualified teachers create culturally safe places for Aboriginal children and families. Koori kids shine at kindergarten. Find out more at vic.gov.au forward slash koori-kids-shine. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. A 3CR supporter. Would you like to reduce your risk of dementia? The Better Brains trial aims to discover whether targeted lifestyle changes can prevent memory decline in Australian adults. Participants aged 40 to 70 with a family history of dementia are allocated to receive health coaching from an allied health professional or health education materials about dementia and its risk factors. The trial is run entirely online, so visit www.betterbrains.org.au to sign up now. Better Brains is a 3CR supporter. Yes, it's about 4.19 here on 3CR, Radical Radio, 855am on your dial. On your dial. So we've got a story that uh, might be a bit uh, difficult listening for some people, especially in the trans community. We'll just briefly touch on it. We earmarked it last week that we'd like to touch on this one. Um, so the story of Lexi Rogers, a trans basketballer, 
playing for, or formerly playing for, Kilsyth in the, it's not the NBL, but it's the one just below the NBL. So it's the seconds of the biggest competition. Um, I'll let you take it, Em. Yeah, no worries. I'd also, um, we didn't do this before, so we just cracked on in. We've got a lot of lot of things to talk about. Oh, we get carried away, don't we? We do get carried away, but we would also just like to make an acknowledgement um, and acknowledge the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional custodians of the land from which we broadcast this program and on which much of our local sport is played. We pay our respects to elders past and present and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. We would also like to acknowledge the incredible contribution of First Nations athletes to Australia's sporting life. Well said. Thank you. Well, um, yeah, so like James mentioned, this is, um, it's been a pretty difficult, you know, month to six weeks, Mm. especially I think for people, a lot of um, the trans community in Melbourne and just generally um, around the world, there's a lot of anti-trans bills going on in the US, in sport generally, a lot of anti trans decision making going on and it's can it's quite a scary time mm. i've not had a great run of it the last little while um so yeah definitely wanting to acknowledge that it's been a really tough time for a lot of people so if this is something that you're not you know don't have capacity for today that's totally fine but i think it's also an important i think it's an important story that we talk about so that other people are aware um mm. and that this has brought um, it's about a transgender woman, as James mentioned, who is looking to pay, play in a semi-professional um, league in the NBL One South. Um, and initially, it was just reported that a transgender woman was attempting to um, be given permission to play in it. Mm. And now recently, um, that athlete has decided to come and speak about her experience and identify herself and and speak on it, which is uh, really brave, to be Mm, honest, because especially trans women in sport are getting a very rough time at the moment. And the way that people speak about trans people in general is quite, I find it strange because people just seem to dehumanize, like dehumanize us as being one kind of conglomerate blob and we all exist with the same experiences and the same skills and whatever when we're everyone is so unique and different like Mm. it's it's very strange anyway um so her name's lexi rogers and she came out came forward on wednesday as the applicant seeking to play for the kilsyth cobras in the nbl1 south basketball league um she went public with her story via an appearance on the podcast Under the Service with Anneli Maley. Um, and, yeah, so it's just a story about it, it's still under, um, I guess, the Basketball Australia has assembled a three-person panel to assess the application. Mm. But it is still, yeah, it's a really, um, the fact that that need, even needs to occur and the the debate around this mm. is never going to be nuanced in the way that it needs to be mm. currently, which is really disappointing. But yeah, what did you make of it? Uh, it looks like NBL1, which is the league Lexi's trying to play in, it looks like from the information I have before me that it will be blocked 
that Lexi won't be allowed to play, mm. um, which is incredibly disappointing. Um, from my perspective, one of the main things that people say is a reason to block trans athletes from playing in particular leagues is that there could be an unfair advantage. Mm. You know, this unfair advantage terminology, mm. um, which I think people... They, 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 it's kind of a pseudoscience. Like they say, oh, the science, you know, they're, they're, without actually sort of looking at the science and what it is. Mm. And I think this unfair advantage argument is overblown, and I think it's quite misogynistic in nature as well. Yeah. Um. In 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 one sense, there could be unfair advantages, but probably not. You know, it's a duty of care thing, and as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> People who are female identifying can hang it with the men, and people who are male identifying can can compete with 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 anyone as well. You know, like I think it's overblown how big this advantage really is, and I think it's a bit misogynistic in nature as well. Yeah, you know, um, someone who's transitioning is far and away going to blow out the competition. Is I think it's it's just overblown, don't you think? Absolutely, it's interesting because people assume that and also I think there's quite a lot of assumptions made about trans people in general but then also athletes there's an assumption that they're doing it to cheat yeah. or like there's an assumption with the whole like bathroom thing like you have to use the right bathroom for your gender <laughs> it's like well what are you actually concerned about here it's not trans women, it's cis men that you're worried about, yeah. you know, taking advantage of the rules. So I think people inherently think that trans people are trying to cheat the system somehow, which is wild because the amount of, even for myself, just to get top surgery, mm. like the amount of stuff that you have to go through and prove yourself and time and time again and a relentless kind of, sort of question on your on who you are from whether that's health professionals or friends or family mm. or whoever it's like do you th- do you really think people are going through all of this and putting themselves out there in sometimes very dangerous situations mm. just to get an advantage mm. really the other thing is there's no clear evidence to show that trans women are blowing the competition out of the water this mm. happened with the fina decision um when there was a ncaa which is the U.S. college um, sports competition for a swimmer who people were getting really up in arms about a sim- the similar situation. Mm. Like it's, it's, it's a race of who can be the fastest. It's clearly an unfair advantage. The thing is that athlete wasn't even winning her races. <laughs> like she wasn't – She it wasn't as though she was winning by 15 seconds. She wasn't even winning all of her races. Yeah. Um, there was also a surfer – who recently was talking about their experience of transitioning and one of the requirements was having been on hormone replacement therapy for a certain amount of time and the amount of hormones in their system was so low they literally were physically incapable of getting themselves up the beach at the end of their set because they were so exhausted. Mm. None of – and there's also very little science in general about the sort of – like there, I don't know what science people keep referring to because it's incredible the idea that there's science done on women, mm. let alone on trans <laughs> on trans people at this point. Keep that in mind. Like people don't even know what PCOS is, let yeah. alone 
how the nuances of transitioning. So the idea that people are saying it's based on science is is ridiculous, and the actual examples of trans athletes where they're just trying to do their thing and no one's blowing them out, the competition mm. out of the water by any means. They're just trying to be there and exist. Mm. So it's just, I don't know. I really take my hat off to people like Lexi who are just coming yeah. out and asking for kindness and gentleness in their, you know, they want to play sport. I recently made the decision to no longer pursue footy at a semi-professional level mm. because I don't feel like I have a place there anymore. Mm. because of discussions like the way people treat trans athletes, which is really sad. So it's cool when people like Lexi can do this because, yeah, some of us can't, you yeah. know? Yeah, it yeah. Takes, it takes a lot. And yeah. It, it, it takes pieces out of you. Absolutely. Sure. And you have to make a decision between being trans to your full extent and exploring that and also, you know, playing sport, which for a lot of people is a big part of their identity as well if not equally as important so it's it's really hard when people just come in with these heavy-handed arguments of oh they're just doing it to cheat or get an unfair advantage dangerous assumptions dangerous and really minimizing and and hurtful really above anything else but yeah so watch this space hopefully we can have a good outcome for lexi but in the meantime it's pretty cool that she's been able to yeah just give her point of you in a really kind way that we probably don't deserve to get. She's really been quite nice about it and, yeah. and gentle, yeah. so that's pretty cool. Because, geez, you could get pretty... You oh, get yeah. pretty worked up. Oh, yeah, boy, 100%. Boy. <laughs> yeah. We're running out of time here on the Sporting Record. Thank you for that, Em. That was wonderful. Oh, thank you, Jimmy. We always are so appreciative of sharing your point of view on these things and, you know, giving, giving pieces of yourself out to the listening community. Out, out there in listener land. Listener land. Well, yeah, I, f- I love the 3CR community, so it feels nice to be able to share a bit. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been listening to The Sporting Record here on 3CR, 855 AM on your dial. Um, next week, we'll have John A. Tate back in the studio, the big John dog. A. Tate. But until oh, yeah. then, enjoy your sporting week. Have a good one and be kind to everybody. Have a good week, everybody.